Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora. Welcome to Mixed Bag, where we review the mixed, muddled meh and mediocre movies of film history. I'm Matt. I'm Cassandra. <laughs> and I'm James. And we're really excited to have our first remote guest. Yeah. What? <laughs> Woo! Live from his house. Live from his house. It's, it's Johnny Crawford. Kia ora. Second Johnny to be on the podcast. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. JC has risen this week. <laughs> this, we, this post-Easter recording. We've yeah. managed to score the... Are you the president of the film society? Vice president. Vice president. Vice president. Yeah. It's right. the, the one that has all the power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm, the, I'm the Dick yeah. Cheney. The of the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're the Biden of the... Well, who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that in this podcast. We're not, we're not discussing we're this. Not, we're not discussing <laughs> I mean, the film is political enough. We don't this have to... A, Bring yeah. in more politics. I mean, yeah, what a what a what a political journey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, h- have you been? Yeah, I've been good. I've just been, uh, yeah, staying in my bubble. Um, I'm um, in lockdown um, with my my now girlfriend, who I'd been dating Ooh. for three weeks prior to lockdown. So uh, oh. we took a gamble, but um, <laughs> working out so far. And my, um, of course, my um, long term flatmate, my pet chinchilla. Nice. Willoughby. Lovely. Will Willoughby making be making any um, guest appearances on this podcast? Um, I'll see if yeah. I'll see if she wants to have a word. She has is, watched the movie with me twice. So is Willoughby <laughs> the Willoughby from Three Billboards? Uh, no, I think she's the Willoughby from uh, one of the Jane Austen novels. Um, I didn't name oh, her. Right. Um, yeah. I think it's a, a male Sense character. Sense and sensibility, Willoughby. Yeah, a male character from. Yeah, it was that much better. Yeah, um, but um, chinchillas are hard to correctly identify their gender, so I think (laughs) she was originally um, misgendered. Right, it's a strong unisex name. It it, it works very well, I I think. I think so. Yeah, I think if you're going to name a chinchilla, you may as well just be like, look, it's just it it can work for whatever, however Mm -hmm. they decide to identify. Will it be or won't she be? Who knows? Hey, so happy to be here. Thank you. We have the vice president of the film society. Yes. Yeah. I actually don't know what it's called, but Wellington Film Society. <laughs> there you go. Man, so it's a big disrespect deal. to the Wellington Film Society. Yeah, on the podcast. It's the best way to spend a, a Monday night, or at least it was in the before times. Back in the before times. What was the last film that showed? Was it Creature from the Black Lagoon? Or uh, no, the last was um, Kelly Reichardt's Certain Woman. Um, oh, good film. Um, it's such a good oh, film. Tag yeah. yourself. I'm Lily Gladstone. Uh, I haven't seen this film. I will also take myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, sorry. Jared um, Harris? Jared Harris, God. I am Jared Harris doing a terrible Montana accent. <laughs> James, James has actually had quite a few Jared Harris experiences yeah. on the Twitter. Um, oh, wanna, yeah. You, you want to elaborate um, rather well, than me telling your stories? <laughs> I was one of the first people to tweet about um, uh, the terror, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, uh, 
maybe not one of the first, but uh, enough that uh, Jared Harris's wife, Mrs. Harris, on Twitter, uh, decided to to retweet me and be a, a champion of my oh, work. Is that? She had a bit of a conversation with you on Twitter, I think, from oh, memory, and then we cute. had a look at her profile, and her her like bio is Mrs. Jared Harris. <laughs> like, are, are you, yeah. Like, yeah. are you sure that she's actually married to Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Jared Harris? I know we're like. I know these are just, just double check. Yeah. <laughs> just living her best fantasy. I, I realise there's like a lot of Mrs. Dev Patels on um, Twitter. <laughs> oh. like, yeah. I mean, understandable uh-huh. to be honest. Yeah. And you yeah. share a birthday with yep. uh, Mr. Dev. Yeah, Dev Patel and I are both turning thirty on Thursday. Um, yeah. Congratulations. congratulations! Happy birthday! And congratulations, Dev. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so I guess this is the time where we talk about the various media that we've been consuming. Pop, 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 pop corner. Um, I was trying to sort of struggling to remember what we've well, actually Cassandra watched, and I have watched. finished The Circle France. We have finished um, that now. Matt shouted it out and we have uh, picked up on that glove it's, uh, and peak. completed. Yeah, it's it's terrific. Um, there are highs and lows and some of the highest highs of The Circle franchise uh, because that's right, it is a franchise now. There's three installments. Four. There, there are actually four games. Oh, who cares? <laughs> you know, once it becomes on Netflix, it's original. You know, uh, not original, it's official. Um, but no, four. Um, and yeah, I really dug it. I don't, you know, it's not about who wins. It's about the journey. Mm-hmm. And the Circle France is well worth the journey. Mm-hmm. I hate the winner, but there you go. <laughs> Have you uh, dipped a toe into any of the Circle franchise, Johnny? No, I haven't. Is it, um, it sounds like I should, though. It is an ex- incredibly trashy relative, reality television series, uh-huh. uh, but it's very good. And, and it's, it's so relevant, relevant for this times. time because it's basically everybody is in isolation in a tiny, like, you know, studio apartment. And while they're in the studio apartment, they must all <laughs> compete in this, like, popularity contest, basically, using only text, like, wow. communication. And you are encouraged to catfish. Nice. So there are lots of, like, excellent catfish characters. This French season had a pair of grandmothers pretending to be one of their grandsons. No. <laughs> Called Nicolas. Nicolas. Um, um, yeah, which are, was great. Are they still making them now? Um, I imagine that they'll go on a bit of a hiatus. Um, <laughs> yeah, particularly since I'm pretty sure they're filming all of them in Edinburgh, like yeah, in the same place. They filmed the UK once. You had to like fly people to yeah, Edinburgh because okay. it was cheaper than buying an apartment building in each of the other countries. Uh-huh. And the circle technology clearly doesn't actually exist. It's just no. someone sitting on the other side of the room just <laughs> typing other, up what the people say. Not the other side of the say. room, but like you know they've got a they've got a like a microphone in there and they're just like operating the <laughs> on the other side of the wall. Imagine yeah, that yeah, poor PA the on the other side of the room with his like stethoscope just. Like trying to listen. <laughs> it's like a glass <laughs> yeah. up to the wall. <laughs> it's like the circle stenographer. Like. Um, uh, any pop cultural, yeah, experiences you guys have had? Yeah, um, I watched a couple of movies that are pretty, uh, I wouldn't say noteworthy. I saw the Oxlavia Spencer vehicle Ma the other day. I saw that <gasps> a couple of weeks ago. Oh well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> what, did, what did you think? I think that you should do an episode on it. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 it, trashy. It's good. It's trashy, <laughs> um, but in a, it's the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Oh my god, it's a ride. It's yeah. it's fun. Um, but yeah, I think if you, if you want um, the dame in a lead role, I call her Dame Octavia. By the way, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, just like giving a great campy performance, but also just giving her a lot of empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she she hungry for that um, white meat, that young white meat. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yes. Yeah, so, so Ma's um, this middle-aged lady obsessed with, with young teenagers. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a thriller. It's um, 
it's a horror it's does the know. performance have the have the range like uh, in terms of like so oh, yeah. she's like clearly an oscar um nominated or, or winner not nominated uh, uh performer so she won for the help oh right she won. And she's way she's... better in marvin and the help oh yeah <laughs> In the help this she is... was serving, and now she's serving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she is. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, it's fine. It's also got, like, a weird, like, ensemble. It's, like, Alice and Jenny pops in for, like, two scenes. Ah. Like Juliet Lewis is in it. Luke uh-huh. Evans, you see his prosthetic um, dick. Um, but, you know, I've said too much, so. There we go. But yeah. all good reasons to watch. Yeah. 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 Highly How about you, Johnny? Um, I've been, uh, I'm three seasons into Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, perfect. Nice. Yeah. I like, mm. are, you, are you into that? I've been I think I, it's one of those ones, I think I watched most of season one uh, and it was yeah. like, ah, oh, i got to keep watching this uh-huh. and then just have never done so. I, <laughs> I loved, I think season one is one of the most perfect, um, seasons of TV. And then I watched season two and I kind of was not feeling it. So I jumped really? off for a bit, but I am keen to get back on it. Mm-hmm, just, I think the episodes are too long. <laughs> I, I also think the episodes are, are too long for, like, 45-minute episodes. For they are. They're, like, drama-length episodes. Yeah, um, right. absolutely, yeah. Um, season two, the, like, production values on the musical numbers goes up a lot. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. Mm. The, for me, the best part of it. So yeah. I, I really rate season two. Yeah. Um, Does it take on a, a melancholy tone with the, the passing away from the, the composer? Um, yeah, yeah, a, a little bit, because his name is, like, at the yeah. start of every every episode, and... A lot of mm. the strongest musical numbers were his work. So, yeah, that is um, pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. How many seasons did it run in the end? Four. Like, it's finished up now, right? Four yep. or five? Yeah. Okay, four five. seasons in a musical. Four. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Cool. Um, speaking of musicals, uh, I've recently I've recently watched, um, there's a live recording, two different live stage recordings of Young Jean Lee's show uh, We're Gonna Die, which I would strongly recommend. Um, it is available on her website. Um, there's the one that we watched was the 2013 recording, which is um, Young Jean Lee, who's an American playwright, um, performing monologues and then well, it, like performing it, it with her me, band Future Wife. It took me a second to... Like, I thought you were talking about a rapper, young Jen <laughs> I mean, she could be. Like, uh, if she wanted to go into the rap game, then... <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's performing with, like, great spirit and soul in the, the, the those ones, but she's not necessarily a singer. So there is another version in 2015 Love where that. David Byrne from um, Talking Heads comes in yep. and does all of the vocal performances for the singing, and then she still does the monologues. But either way, it's really fantastic. I would strongly recommend it. It's, like, cool. 50 minutes to watch, but um, it's just enthralling. And where, it's a really good stage production. Where is that available? If you just uh, find it's Young Jean Lee's website, so if you Google just like the, like Young and then like Jean G J E A N L E E, we'll be able to find it. But I can't remember. I feel like she's just youngjeanlee.com or something. Um, yeah, and it's a real power move because she's got uh, a whole band around her, and they're all these soft white boys that are just like. <laughs> there's a drummer that really sticks there's, his head I, up. I, when I've he never drums. like. I mean, all of the content was also greatly relatable to me, but but something that was incredibly relatable was just being like an Asian woman on stage with this these four backup singer white boys <laughs> like joining in, where I get to be the boss 
this. And I was like, I feel a kinship for this woman. <laughs> and um, special tip yeah. for anyone that sees it, the videographer seems obsessed with that drummer. Like, yeah, always there's a lot of zooms in, on on the drummer. Always panning back Every so often we'll be so... like, is the videographer like yeah. the drummer's mum? Is this oh, like no, what's happening this is, here? This is 100% <laughs> like a Love Actually moment. Where like, what's his <laughs> yes. face? Like always zooms in on like Kieran Atlee's face. Oh, it's funny because I've been um I've been watching or I've seen the first season of Love Sick this week, um and there's this character she just like is a photographer but like she literally is just like taking pictures of the guy that she's in love with, um so uh-huh. there you go. Are you sure you're not watching Us? That sounds no sounds no crazy. it's it's no uh, Love Sick. But Us, for- maybe you. Oh yeah, sorry. Ask <laughs> you. Know, there's also the age of the pronouns <laughs> out there now. It's the pronouns. It's one of those pronoun yeah. shows. Yeah. No, but um, I'm I'm going to be releasing I um, <laughs> very shortly. It's a one man show. Yeah. Um, I love sorry, sorry, looking forward to y'all. Y'all. No, I'm just thinking of other pronouns. Uh, <laughs> me! Exclamation point. Taylor Swift's yeah. me. <laughs> Exclamation point. Um, the love sick is a very. Uh, it's it's mad porn pretty much. It's uh, yeah, I don't know, but it's fine. Like it's pleasant. It's something to pass what, the time. Can you define the word mad porn? What is that? Oh, you know, you know it when you see it. it. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I know, it's, but for listeners, they I don't might know. Not. I'd say mad porn is less of a is, is less of a good one than matnip, my friend, which uh, is yes, my favorite yeah. of your mm, terms yes. to use to describe particularly mad favorite things. So good. I mean, um, I can't do it myself. It has to, like, you do all the time. I do. You but constantly. Like, <laughs> yeah. But how would you describe it? You constantly it? say this on the context. Oh man. Um, yeah, something where where <laughs> closed off individuals that reveal like a a wealth and depth of of passion and emotion. I think. Oh, nailed um, it. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so is that the one that used to be called Scrotal Recall? Yeah, yeah. I refused to watch it because the original title was way better. I think it's because awesome. it doesn't really sell the tone. It's a lot like less uh, madcap than Scrotal Recall, but I do prefer Scrotal Recall as a title in itself. But yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's it's like when someone has frantically like edited like a Facebook post or something, <laughs> and be like, no, no, never mind, never mind. We didn't want to be that ballsy. <laughs> ballsy. Oh. Hey. Um, Here you go. Um, Thank you. Another matnip thing that I um, watched recently was the the Netflix film Tiger Tail, which got released like this week or like a week ago. Um, by mm-hmm. and that's the prequel to Tiger King, right? Oh, it's the sequel. No, it's oh, a spinoff. Right. Um, no, <laughs> this is uh, Tiger Tail is is um, directed by Alan Yang, who um, is a TV writer slash creator. He um, created the um, TV show Forever with. Maya Rudolph and um, Fred Armisen, and he wrote a lot for Parks and Rec and um, for Master of None. He won the Emmy for that Parents episode of Master of None. If Great. That's right. Remember oh, that? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, and it's just like a really nice kind of, uh, yeah, immigration story, like the story of his dad. And it's got like Zima, who is like the, um, the dad in The Farewell, giving like a fucking... Yeah. Subtle mm. tour de force. Oh, it's so good. He pulls from like Hugh Sassin, um, like Edward Yang, Edward, um, yeah, just all, all, all of these like East Asian references and kind of um, repurposes it with a Western, like with his Western kind of upbringing and touch. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a good first attempt and it, you know, again, is incredibly mad porn. Mm-hmm. Um, I only cried like three times, so pretty good is there a tear is it like matt nip and then when it gets really really close it's matt porn I don't know. and we got to find the polar opposite what's not matt it's like 
I don't know. Anti-matter. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I thought that was good. Yeah. That is really good. Um, yeah. 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 Um, my right. last thing for uh, Popcorn, I um, just showed this to James, but it's my second time listening to it. Uh, Playwrights Horizons over in New York uh, have got a podcast uh, that they're doing now called Soundstage. Um, and this is a whole lot of different individual, um, different length uh, audio theatre projects. Each of them are all standalones. Um, but the first cool. one, Prime, is this really gorgeous, um, like, it's almost like more of like a concept album that's within a 40 minute kind of period um but it's also a it's meant to be listened to as like one standalone piece um and it's got a couple of monologues in there but most of it is just like different musical elements um and it's sort of riffing on the idea of the uh like 6am prayers and like christian like kind of matins tradition i think it's like the, it's called a breviary is what she's called it um it's by this woman heather christian who i've never come across before um but it is gorgeous it's like a mix of like gospel and like there's some parts of there that sound like really white stripesy to me right. um and there is like some parts that sound like our favorite clapping segment from portrait of a lady on fire yes. um it is it's great Iconic. it's just a gorgeous mix of different things so it's, um, it's not yeah. based on the 2005 meryl streep uma thurman vehicle prime it is not. <laughs> Which no one... I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not that, that iconic, iconic. Yeah. Who could forget that Prime? That film we all remember. Prime. Um, or the channel, you know. Who could forget? Oh, first at 5.30. TV5, yeah. Prime first at 5.30. Where, where else would you go to get marathons of the bill? Everyone's favourite English culture. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Portrait of a Lady in Fire, I saw that the other day and really liked it and think that... Uh, feels like a very very timely film with the way lots of people are feeling right now and just <laughs> oh, lots it's so of gorgeous. yeah lots of tension and like small gestures and yeah. stuff and yeah again a lot of, pe- lot of people feeling very <laughs> isolated from their beloved at this point in time yeah mm. um i know that like we should talk about our main event but i am just want to say that i'm really excited to watch Mrs. America, um, which has just released its first three episodes um, with Kate Blanchett um, playing that vile woman full of Schlafly. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I just keep thinking it's Mrs. America. Mrs. Like, like, like the Childish Gambino song. Wait, what? It's, it's, it's what not, is it? Mrs. America, not... But it sounds like Not, Mrs. America in my head. Oh, I thought you said Mrs. America both times, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, did right? my brain just do a little hiccup? No, no <laughs> I, I did say I, I did missed. say Mrs. America in the in the in the tone of this is America, and also. But then I'm like, it's really easy to do your theme song because you I could know. just do a cover, but you just change yeah. you just change the thises to the misses. Yeah. So it'd be fine. Um, Childish Fambino. <laughs> also, what we do in Shadows season two is dropping oh, at the cool. moment, which is. So much better than it has any right to be. Uh, <laughs> it's what oh, I've heard. Right. I haven't seen I still any have, of the I still, have to, I still have to see the first um, season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one last TV it. thing for me. I saw the uh, the at-home episode of SNL because I watch every episode of SNL. Matt, why do you do that to yourself? I don't know. I don't know why. It's just, it's, I've done it for so long. And um, no, it's, uh, it was actually really cute seeing them perform in their homes. So. It, was, it was sweet to hear. I haven't seen it, but that Tom Hanks was hosting it. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a great person to be to be running it after all he's been through. He literally just did the monologue. But, yeah, it was very nice to see him. Like, yeah. We just like, don't, 
please be, you know, on your feet, Tom. Yeah. Like, good. Don't You're strain standing yourself around. too much with your acting. <laughs> yeah. All right, and talking of straining, because there's some uh, poo joke. I don't know. There's um, there's a lot of straining. James is straining to get to the segue. In the segue. There, we are going to get to our feature presentation. Feature presentation. So, uh, Southland Tales is the movie we're going to be talking about today, and this is Johnny's suggestion. So do you want to talk about your previous relationship with this film, Johnny? Um, I don't have um, much of a previous relationship with this film. It, um, uh, like Matt, I'm a subscriber to Mubi, and it did drop on Mubi a couple of weeks ago, so it is one of, my, one of the lockdown movies I've been watching. Um, and I have kind of heard about its reputation beforehand um, as a kind of movie that was hated when it came out, particularly um, after its Khan debut. Um, it was uh, Richard Kelly's second film after um, uh, Donnie Darko. Donald um, Darko. Donald Darko. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I hadn't really given it much thought until I saw it the other day, and I was intrigued by it so i have i have watched it a second time in preparation for this episode Ooh. double watch nice yeah. that's great um what about you james did you come across this before no um so i had heard of the controversy as well i had uh checked out donnie darko and been massively impressed with it um uh, when i was a youngin i thought it was so cool everything was connected man um <laughs> and um but that that was the only Richard Kelly film that I've seen um, and I have not yet seen The Box yet, which I am quite curious about. Um, stars Frank Langella and Cameron Diaz and um, James Marsden about pushing a magic box. But this, yeah, I, ha I stayed well away um, because at the time it seemed like that there were a bunch of... Um, you know, people of other professions, wrestlers and singers trying to become actors and now they have made that transition, weirdly. Um, it's it's a weird little time capsule of like seeing them struggle to yeah, try so to. Yeah, so there's make always time for you, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a weird watch. Yeah, I'm curious to talk about it. Yeah. Um, what about you, Matt? Um, like I yeah, like the boys, I am aware of its reputation. A huge bomb at can twenty. Uh, 06, 2006, um, but... 2006, I know, I just, well, <laughs> well, I started with a 20, and I was like, how am I going to round this off? Um, <laughs> um, and, but, you know, some prominent critics have kind of revitalized. It's grown um, uh, um, a cult status throughout the years, really, and it's like this kind of, um, yeah, just this thing where you either really are into it or you really hate it. And um, like everyone, I've seen Donnie Darko and I actually don't remember a lot from Donnie Darko. I remember I liked it at the time, but now looking back, I'm just like, is it really just pretentious nonsense? But now I'm actually really keen to rediscover it again after mm. after watching South and Tales. Yeah. Um, all I remember from, from Donnie Darko is the iconic suck a fuck. Um, from Maggie to Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Um, so, yeah. And, and lots it, of tears of fear, tears for fears. So. Apparently the box is getting a critical re-evaluation now oh, really? as well. And I haven't seen that mm. either. No, but, I haven't um, seen the box either. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Here we go. Um, so 
I did not know anything really about South on Tales except one. When I was a teenager, subscribed to Empire Magazine Australia. I remember reading a review of it in there, and they it was like four stars <laughs> out of five. Yeah. So clearly, the the like you love it or hate it thing. This critic was like. It's pretty good. Love it. <laughs> so that's quite interested. An early um, defender. Yeah. It's an early defender. Yeah. Um, and I'm being like, okay. And being like, and I remember reading the, the description of it and being like, this looks like a weird film. It's got The Rock and like Justin Timberlake in it. Hmm. I did not connect that it was the same person as Donnie Darko because I, until looking up the IMDb, I had, had no idea who Richard Kelly was. Like, I've seen Donnie Darko. He's got a very but, witness um, protection name. Like, yeah, mm. it's a real witness protection name that is exactly right. Uh, that's an apt description. Um, yeah, I've seen Donnie Darko the, the best way, you know, that you should see it, which is when you are 15 <laughs> and you've been up all night with your friend at a sleepover and it's gone 4 a.m. and you're like, let's watch Donnie Darko. And so we watch Donnie Darko at 4 in the morning uh, and that's the, the really the best way to see it, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, uh, other than this, for some reason, I think because of the name, I assumed it was like, a modern telling of the Canterbury Tales. I kind of assumed that, that at some point uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. I in thought way, there would be like a is. reference to that, but that's apparently just it's just the name. So <laughs> I guess I was very off base, uh, and I had no idea that it was like hated in Khan or that it had this big. So yeah, I'm pretty much as blind as you can go going into this blind. Do you know, that, I mean, this this film has like a wild ensemble. Like we'll talk about it in a minute. But I was ass- oh yeah, I was assumed that um, Regina King was in this film, but she's not. But then I looked it up. She was just in a show called Southland. And I was like, oh. oh okay. Makes a lot more <laughs> it wasn't just a random assumption. Like, surely a, Regina King will be James in this. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. No, there are no black women in this film. But <laughs> Nope. <laughs> so I was like, okay. yeah. yeah. But, um, Should we talk yeah. a little bit about the, the context of, uh, of this film? And then we'll get into trying, endeavoring to describe the plot. Easy. Um, I did a bit of a wikiing of it. Um, this is maybe oh man, I'll, James has got notes. I know. He's just brought I'm out the pulling notes. out my phone. Yeah. This was so it was originally 160 minutes long at Cannes, and then it got a terrible reception. And Richard Kelly had to like make a bunch of changes to it. Yeah. But it was originally planned as a nine-part interactive experience. Um, so I love that. Sounds as weird right. as I love it that sounds. For it. I think all movies <laughs> um, should be a nine-part interactive experience, to be honest. Yeah. Me too. In fact. I think it should be a 69-part interactive experience. We'll get to that. Yes. We'll get to that. All right? <laughs> uh, it was, so it was going to be in uh, graphic novels, I think, for, the, um, for a number of them. They shrunk it down uh, to... Um, six parts. So there are. It starts from number four in the film. There's four parts, four, five, six, and the first three are collected in a graphic novel, which is reminding me strongly of Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain, which also like had a graphic novel to try to make up as for like what it was trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that explain? Ah, oh, so that's why there were all those cartoon bits at the start. Yeah, that yeah. was referencing the graphic novel. Oh, that makes sense. That's trying okay. to link in with that. Cool. And I'll just briefly mention their box office because it, it grossed um, worldwide, America and internationally, um, three thousand seven hundred and three hundred and seventy four thousand seven hundred and forty five dollars. I hate numbers, um, <laughs> but the production budget of it was um, seventeen million. So it's a, a tremendous loss. Um, it's like a, a awful, awful flop. Yeah, didn't even crack didn't even a mil. break the half a mil. Yeah. Oh yeah, even half a month. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this thing did did terribly, and I think probably single handedly 
nearly sunk his career. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the gap between Darko and, and this? This was 24 years. Four years, right. Kind of? Yeah. Um, I don't and know now he just kind of, uh, he hasn't, I haven't heard of anything post the box. He's gone into witness protection after the box. Yeah. <laughs> well, clearly, yeah. It's yeah. funny because like a couple of days ago, it was announced that he was planning a prequel to the Southland Tales. So, oh, nice. You know, we'll, oh. See, we'll see if that. An adaptation of his parts one to three, but right, in a yeah. graphic novel format. Clearly. Exactly, yeah. Anyways. Um, but n- now we're going to try and define the plot of this film. Just describe and, the plot. Um, on a segment Johnny, we like to call. Yeah, uh, movie in a minute. And Johnny, because you brought this to us, you've put us through this experience, we'd like to put you through an experience <laughs> okay. of trying to sum it all up in one minute. Okay. Um, just as a, a bit of a, a disclaimer, I'm like absolutely not a plot guy. I'm a, I'm uh-huh. a vibes guy. So, okay, cool. um, so you yeah. might just cover yeah. just <laughs> moments. Honestly, feelings. covering the vibes in one minute, I think, would also be pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm just going to so list I'll, off the actors. Okay. <laughs> great. I'll let you know um, when it, you're halfway and then 10 seconds okay. left. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Ooh, go. So Southland Tales was made in 2006. It's set in 2008. Um, it feels like 2020 and it looks like 2001, um, the year, um, not the, the Kubrick. Um, it stars, um, so the, the Rock is a, um, a action film star slash um, Republican adjacent um, figure. Um, he also plays one in this movie. Um, and, uh, Halfway. And, <laughs> Um, some like sci-fi stuff happens to him and it's like the end of the world and it's set against the election um, and like encroaching fascism in the United States um, based on the Bush era but obviously very present now and um, uh, 10 seconds Sean William Scott is a key part of this and so is Justin Timberlake Sarah Michelle Gellar um, uh, Wallace Shawn um, uh, Rebecca Del Rio <laughs> cool. Uh, does anyone want to I'll, take I'll keep up the going. Mantle? I'll right. keep going. I'm going to try it. Three, two, one, go. So you got The Rock. His name's Boxer something. And he uh, gets lost in this desert and then he sort of comes out. He's got amnesia. He doesn't remember who he is. And so he falls in with this porn star whose name is Kristen Now, who is played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. And they're like, we're going to write a screenplay about how the world is slowing down. And that means everybody's brains are going funny. Um, and... Yeah, that's happening. And then also Wallace Shawn at the same time has built a perpetual motion machine using the ocean and that's doing something to do with, uh, it's these kind of chemicals that are both power but drugs. I don't know. Um, At the same time, there's also this other army guy who I I think is a famous actor, but I'd never seen him before that I could remember. Um, But he's twins. And there's one who's a police and there's other one who's another guy and he's, but they've swapped. And so one's pretend to be a policeman, but uh, it's a plot from the radical leftist group are going to use the policeman, the one that's not a policeman, pretend to be a policeman to make the police look bad, which they shouldn't need to do because the police look bad anyway, uh, as evidenced by when they try to do this whole plot with Amy Poehler's there. Um, Something else happens. Oh, that's the end. I'll go next. Okay, um, um, when uh, Boxer Santeros um, experiences a uh, an attempt to frame um, the police gone wrong, when um, John Lovett actually uh, appears and shoots um, Amy Poehler and uh, I don't know the other actor's name, sorry, um, then he starts to think that he is a character in this film called someone... Kane, what is it? Jericho Kane. Jericho Kane. Um, Jericho Kane, and he uh, begins to walk around. He has a correspondent at the uh, 
uh, oh dear, at the place at uh, which is the surveillance to do with the Republican Party, uh, and he s believes that the world is going to uh, end not with a whimper but with a bang. That turns out to happen because he gets in a big Zeppelin uh, plane, uh, which is run by Wallace Shawn, and he discovers that he is a clone of himself, uh, and uh, so is Sean William Scott. And Matt, do you want to take the last little chunk of this? Look, I'm, mm. All I'm going to say yeah. is that I don't know if our listeners is gonna, are going to get a lot from the plot description of Southland Tales, because even I was lost. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> what? 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 Um, so basically, it's very convoluted, but it's a ride. So Sarah Michelle Gellar um, in The Rock and Mandy Moore, they all end up in the big zeppelin to the sky. Um, Sean William Scott finds his twin. They, they have magic hands. Oh, yeah, magic when they shake hands. hands, it means that they can fly. Look. Because that's how cloning works. I don't know how helpful I am with this. It's, it's just, look, it's, it's the Southland Tales, bitch. You just got to get into it. Either you're from the South or you're not. Yeah, it's a right. it's a vibe. It's a mood. <laughs> it's a vibe. I mean, you're right. That's basically it, guys. Um, yeah, simple. I, I think I think simple to simple to describe. <laughs> I mean, you can't um, explain the plot of Southland Tales. It's like explaining the plot of a piece of electronic music. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. or like a Jodorowsky film. It's yeah. just like. You just, mm -hmm. this is I think than you can and you film. should describe the plot of all these things. <laughs> the disrespect to Sean William Scott cast. Yeah. The yeah, so no, who is, who is, he? is he? What's he been in? Stifler. American Pie. I haven't seen American Pie. Dude, where's well, my car? Yeah. I Oh, I have seen Dude, uh, Dude, so he's the main guy in Dude, where's my car? The one who's well, not Ashton Kutcher. It's Ashton oh, Kutcher. Oh, no, I'm thinking Ashton of Ashton Kutcher. Bulletproof Monk. Yeah, that's uh, right. Goon, Goon, where apparently he gives quite a good performance. I've never seen this he's, guy. He's, like, I mean, he's honestly. definitely not in your kind of Sean William of Scott that you would watch. It's just, uh, is iconic, okay? Stifler is iconic. Hmm. Stifler's mom is iconic. Yeah. The pie. I know that's a character, he, um, but that's all I, all I know yeah, about, all American, I know about pie. American Pie. is someone fucks a pie. Yeah. Um, and there's a guy called Stifler in it. Yeah. And he has a mom. Um, he's he's good in this. I'm just going to say I, for the yeah. record. I think he's, he's really good in this. Oh. Well, let's get into it and let's open the bag. <sighs> James is continuing with his uh, metaphor of Coke bottles and milk bottles being the best parts of a mixed bag of lollies. So, and so we're now uh, going to describe the Coke bottles and milk bottles. Of this so of let's this dig out the kernels, guys. <laughs> um... So a lot of this film was very fun. <laughs> I don't. I did not know what was happening, but you know that's cool. Um, there was a lot of like jokes. Yeah. Like. Yeah. A lot of like you know very two thousand and six era political like humor, um, which was you know it was good. Yeah. I um. For me, one of my bottles for this is like, there's a lot of really great performances on this. Like. It's uh, the it's, rock is surprisingly good. Yeah, he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he, it's a very good use of your rock. Uh -huh. And I feel like he's never really pushed himself to that territory in much other stuff mm -hmm. because he's built his brand and he knows what he wants to do. He feels safe now. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, he's trying to make a name for himself. He's come off shit like the Scorpion King, um, so he's very keen to to push himself. Um, this was after Scorpion King, right? I don't really have I a think good so, idea. Yeah, yeah. Where Scorpion was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like he's 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 prepared to like make fun of himself, mm -hmm. and but also like 
his commitment to the Jericho Kane kind of serious bit is is very uh, convincing. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy every time he steepled his fingers yeah. and did the little thing. That's his, he's got this nervous tick yeah. as a character where any time he becomes anxious or nervous, he starts like hurriedly patting his fingers together in a like sped up Mr. Burns way. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's very good. Seth and Tails is like a ride. It's just you get whiplash from all the all the twists and turns, all the <laughs> random little segments. Um, the Rock is only the tip of this like really really re- weird ensemble. Like yeah. I know Richard Kelly definitely um, cast actors who have been pigeonholed into roles uh-huh. that um, you know they don't usually get the respect. So that's why you get like this like motley crew of like weird looking people and you know people who are icons of low culture. Um, mm-hmm. come together and cohere in, in like a weird way. So like you've got like um, The Rock, you've got like Sean William Scott again from American Pie, you've got like um, Mandy Moore who is used to be a pop star but also is iconic in The Princess Diaries. Um, and I JT. Guess she's, yeah, JT with his... Exaggerated yeah, he's his exaggerated uh, um hometown Tennessean accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um you've got like like Wallace Shawn at his like weirdest. With the strangest styling, but it like, kind of works. Wallace he's got this Shawn, like big kiss curl on his head and this very odd makeup. No, it's it's very no, interesting. Wallace Shawn came out of the Hunger Games and um, <laughs> you know, just, just came, walked right into this film. Yeah, into this. And then yeah. he's got his two minions, Beth Grant and Zelda Rubenstein, like <laughs> love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got like who else is in this cast? You've got like Amy- you've got John Lovitz. Oh you got yeah, yeah, you've got like the the SNL people. You've got Amy Poehler and and legend Sherry O'Terry and, and Nora Dunn. Nora Dunn, yeah, yeah. channeling her Meryl Streep role. Oh, so good. Um, and yeah, they all are kind of like acting in keys that they haven't really uh, done before. I guess uh-huh. prior to this, so that's really kind of cool to see. Um, Sean William Scott is like this douche bro, um, but here he's kind of like, I don't know, like the normal every he guy. He seems the most sort of every man of the characters, also, I guess. He yeah. looked fine, just saying. Um, he did look good. He looked really yeah. good in this, yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's yeah. Very, he's very, it's a very earnest performance from him. Yeah, it's, yeah. He's very tender. He's got uh-huh. some tender moments. Yeah. Um, I had a, uh, I in fact, I was thinking of who I liked the most in this, and I decided to name the six. I've, I've got a, a list of six names that really stand out. For me, and you can name your own six, yeah. but for me, it was The Rock, it was Zelda Rubenstein being like a strange, like potentially supernatural yeah. crony, Wallace Shawn, John Lovitz doing like, like yeah. being a very intense cop also, and like whispering under his breath. this is like the breath. most like... I wouldn't say masculine, but like I guess like he usually plays low status. Yeah, um, John mm. Lovett. So that he was like giving me like Alpha Dom. Like t- he was yeah. very yeah. scary in this. Yeah, yeah. And he's like was... a Republican in real life. He's oh, yeah. I mean, really, the energy coming through. Sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nora Dunn and I was tossing up whether I should put Sean William Scott. Casswood was like, nah, he's just doing a boring thing. Oh, so it was I, fine. I, I landed on. I didn't really. Uh, and I'm very influential. My, I'm very. My favorite affected. performance, who I have not, like, um, who you've not mentioned, is Dame Miranda Richardson. As, yes, yeah. she was my sex. She's my sex. Yeah. As yeah. Nana Faye or something? <laughs> Nana Faye. 
Nanime? Frost, I think. Yeah, Nanime Frost, yeah. She didn't have to do a lot, but just her vibe, her, like, presence was very, mm-hmm. very good. Like, very yeah. villainous. Uh-huh. Like, she... She is Ozymandias looking at all the screens. She is the the one in control. Um, there's a there's a shot where she sees a man puking, and then she wants to she's puke. Like, oh. That could have been a Oscar reel. And also, just like <laughs> she's got like this great power pantsuit that's like studded, and it just like good job costume department because she fucking. Also, yeah. both that costume and also Wallace Shawn's one. I'm just like, what did this remind me of? <laughs> The Spice Girls movie that yeah. we also discussed. Yeah. I feel like both of those costumes could have and come from those that. characters. Feel the most sci-fi, yeah. um, like mm-hmm. like the, yeah, that they're all mm. out of like Forbidden Planet or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but yeah, everyone else is kind of just two thousand two thousand and six kind of vibes. I guess my uh, the, my runners up are like the the um, the amazing porn stars portrayed yes. by Sarah Michelle Gellar. And the, I just love the names. Krista yeah. Now, yeah. Sheena Cox. Krista Now is a great name. <laughs> Dina Score and Shoshana Cox. Oh, fucking love so them. Good. Um, yeah. I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is my favorite for yeah. me. I no, think she's, she's great. She's hilarious in this. She she's gets so all fun. the funniest lines. Um, I'm not like she a, a buffy that, guy or anything, so I don't have a long yeah, track Yeah, I don't know if her. I've seen that many things that she's been in either um, having not watched Buffy. She has that bit where she's like pitching her name and why she changed her last name to now and mm-hmm. what is it? She's like everyone and now you can fuck now. Um, she's she's just We just particularly like the scene where she drank fully. a soda with her face yes. on it. Yeah. <laughs> I was offended by her first scene though because she does not know how to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> it was very bad and I was like oh what Aww. is this? Um, but then she turned it out. But yeah, she's very trashy, and I enjoyed it. Because a lot of scientists are saying that the future's going to be way more futuristic than they um, anticipated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah. I wish I'd kept like a. I feel like there were a lot of like various very deadpan one-liners in this, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed, and I did not keep a list of them oh. and cannot remember them. Well, that <laughs> was one of them. It's important to remember that the rock is a pimp, and pimps don't commit <laughs> pimps suicide. Don't commit suicide. That's the only one That's I the moral of the film. <laughs> it's like, it's like John Lovett's like grabbing Sherry O'Terry from the back, and he's like, "Should we fuck or watch a movie?" <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also got one just after he shot someone he says flow my tears which is apparently a, a philip k dick reference yeah, yeah. to flow my tears said the policeman or um, whatever that is also um uh the line from sarah michelle Gellar: violence in our society is a big problem and i will not support it that's why i won't do anal <laughs> <laughs> She's also championing for... Oh, yeah. um, Teen horniness is not a crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a crime. It's one of her big issues. Yeah. So Rebecca Del Rio's version of the national anthem oh. is like a banger. Oh, so like, good. This is so good. <laughs> um, and we get a lot of like Lynch like references throughout. Like, yes. Um, there's Clearly obviously a big that, fan she stars of Mulholland, Mulholland Drive. Drive. Mm-hmm. And then Sean William Scott says... Um, is it Sean William Scott? Yeah, he says the line like, I have this reoccurring dream. Um, which is a direct reference to... Um, but lots of people have reoccurring dreams and lots of things. I don't oh, know no. if that's just a direct... Oh, no, they're in a diner and, like, how it's framed, like, the shot is... Like the it, diner and Winkies thing. Yeah, the Winkies uh, diner in Mulholland Drive mm-hmm. where the man with the very oh, intense God. eyebrows um, sees the, uh, his premonition um, <laughs> I, outside Mulholland. I may have already told this story, but I remember watching Mulholland Drive for the first time and then my friend telling me that there's this really scary part 
of Mulholland Drive. And mm. obviously I was watching it. I was like, whatever. And then the the scene in the back of the cafe where the, uh, like, scary creature... The scariest fuck mm. guy. ...slides across <laughs> the screen. And then I freaked out. Um, but then, like, when I... I, was, I had to calm myself down. But then I was like... Sure, I mean, that's like in the first five minutes of the film. Surely that can't be it. So like oh. I I re- like watched the rest of the film just with this like overwhelming sense of dread, seeing what could top this like jump scare from, from the first five minutes of Mulholland Drive. <laughs> and it never came. And I felt like that elevated the film experience further for me just because I was Maybe like... Maybe that was the entire intention <laughs> is to like trick you into thinking it's going to be a jump scare fear. horror film and then just never scare you a second time. No. Look, um, it's called excellent filmmaking. It is, yeah. So if you're like flying from like say London to New York, and you have <laughs> sex on the plane, and you take the morning after pill, but you cross time zones, does that make it the morning before pill? These are the issues. Yeah. Do you just have a list of all the all the quotes, Johnny? Uh, I took so many notes. I'm. That's very great. excited. I should have taken notes on this one. I was like, I'll remember, and then <laughs> not. It was, not. I watched this yesterday. I think, <laughs> I think my favorite part of that Rebecca Del Rio cover of the national anthem is just like the arrangement. They just go hard, mm. like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the arrangement. They go it's hard. the it's the strings, and yeah, also the just strings. like I mean, like this is like you know, it's chord modulation. It's like, They've got it over a minor. It's, it's like, gorgeous. This is like film one hundred and one, but like like the fireworks like appearing on screen with like bombs bursting in the air. Simple, mm. but effective, <laughs> like <laughs> cliched, but it got me. I was like, I see what you did there. <laughs> what do we think about the second musical moment uh, where Justin Timberlake sings, so, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier? Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. It's, I wish there was more, more stuff like I that. Mean, I was, I was, I, when I saw that happen, I was like, why did you save it till now? Yeah. We could have had this the whole <laughs> way through. When did that happen? Like... All I remember from Justin is him lip syncing to all these things I've done by the killers. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's the bit that's the bit that's like, I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Oh, yeah, over right, and over. Gotcha, it's just that yeah. refrain over and over and yeah. over. I don't know the name of the song. Yeah. It's uh, Richard Kelly says that that's the heart and soul of the film. Um, the heart and soldier of the film? Yeah. yeah. Um, which, yeah, I, I just. He, he goes he goes weird. I guess this gets into bananas, so I won't get into it just yet. But um, I, I wish it was weirder here and there. Um, oh. But I really. I, for me, like the black comedy side of it worked really well with the um how everything is interconnected Mm -hmm. like it felt very in the same vein of like donnie darko but i i kind of in a way like preferred how how tongue-in-cheek it was it was able to be more flippant with stuff it's Mm -hmm. it, it is ridiculous kind of territory that kelly's kind of exploring even though it is now becoming quite prescient. Yeah. But I appreciated that it didn't take itself quite so seriously as Darko, which mm-hmm. I really appreciated when I was a kid, but now I, I feel like it could be a bit cringe-inducing if you went back and saw it. Yeah. Um, I guess, should we get into to the politics of it? Yeah. Yes. Um, so these are all bananas, to use James's term for me uh, in okay. some ways. Uh, um, just that it felt so of its time and so, like, of... Bush administration that like it immediately dated this film for me and I was thinking back to I don't know my own experience being a teenager that was very politically aware and didn't but only of the American administration as so many New Zealand children are when you're like mm-hmm. 14 um and are very very interested in American politics um and yeah it felt like it 
for me, I was like, even though this Republican Party now and like this state in America in some ways has got a strong link to that administration, there's such a big different context. It felt very like other white people's um, critiques of the Republican Party saying like how dumb they are, um, Mm -hmm. which was, I guess, the common kind of critique that was coming out at that time. There's a lot of media, which is all about how dumb Bush is, Uh um, which is generally written from like a white liberal, liberal perspective. Yeah. And that's what I felt the politics of this film kind of were. There was something about like, yeah, Something about that, um, which felt a bit dated and kind of like uh, when the political stuff happened for me. Yeah. But even though I can see, you know, the argument that it's 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 still relevant today, it, it didn't feel like it was so much for me. But, yeah. yeah, I guess for me, the politics straddle bottles and bananas. Um, I think let's um, not make this a thing, guys. It's, <laughs> this is a thing. It is now. We, we've um, made it. A I support thing. this, James. Um, <laughs> Uh, we have bag and birth, so now we've got to go, yeah. with, go for the In a bees. way, that straddling of bottles and bananas is quite fitting because there's a lot of, I mean, cars fuck other cars. Yeah. So why don't bottles, why can't bottles oh. and bananas fuck, um, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, that kind of um, what you destri- described, Cass, about the, the white liberal critique of, like, Republicans is dumb is still, like, the bread and butter of a lot of uh, American criticisms at the moment. Like, yes. Saturday Night Live... Is and I uh, think that po- for me it, is an issue with Saturday Night Live's yeah. coverage of the car- is that oh, totally. I'm like this is so reductive yeah. and like surely we've moved past oh, this because this yeah, feels so Bush era. On Saturday Night Live is dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, this is still like critical of America's forever wars. It's mm. critical of mass surveillance. Um, it's critical of like police brutality. Um, uh, I guess police brutality with like racist elements um in particular um it's um i think a lot of these issues have are still are still present in the 2020 republican party and i i felt not so much that it was prescient or that it was dated but just i mean republicans have always been this evil and this dumb like reagan was president and um Mm. he is was a joke of a president um and it's kind of yeah I don't know it felt I guess even though maybe it was a bit easy it still felt timeless I guess obviously I guess it's the in terms of its targets like the things you're saying but those are definitely all things that are still wrong with Mm -hmm. the American government at this time I guess so I'd agree with you on that but like the things it's targeting are still relevant Mm -hmm. um yeah I guess my 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 bananas are not so much the way it treated the right with as opposed to the way it kind of approached the left and I think mm. that felt very 2006 and the way oh yeah that there was less of a a concept of what an organized opposition could be 14 years ago yeah and um like the the neo-marxists call themselves liberals and I'm like like <laughs> nowadays well. no leftists would call themselves a liberal um it's uh, yeah, it does. It doesn't really have a concept of who the neo-Marxists are. I think. I feel like it doesn't really actually even put forward like an idea of what liberalism or leftism or any sort of mm. those things are. It's more just like there's this dumb government, and then there's every like all us right-thinking people over here that understand that that's stupid. Yeah. Um, but then they haven't really put 
thought into developing like what a left wing organization would look like in this like what an actual revolution would consist of it's more just like the people versus yeah. the baddies in power 100% also at the same si- at the same time it's also critical of the, the that opposition as being mostly equally dumb um, yeah. which kind of felt a bit both sides as me to me um, yeah definitely yeah and at the end of the day like I don't think Kelly's interests were really the politics. They kind of transcended that. And yeah. they were, they were at, when it became more sci-fi, biblical kind of stuff, um, it kind of felt like it was trying to be above politics or whatever, which is, yeah, silly. Mm. Yeah, it's like, I think that's the thing that felt dated about it was that it, 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 it was... It seems like it was created at a time where it was enough to be like against this bad government, mm-hmm. but not really have thought about like an articulated mm-hmm. left wing position mm-hmm. or like have a sense of like what actual change could look like uh-huh. or like what type of revolution we should be agitating towards or anything. But like uh-huh. if you're making political media in 2020, it's like there's, there's a, a sort of a su- assumption that you've got more of an idea, you know, unless you're doing a really blanket kind of mm-hmm. attempt at apolitical centrism or something. But like yeah. generally, there's a sense that like you've got an idea of what your politics yeah. are saying uh-huh. um, whereas yeah. here it's just more like those guys they fucking suck yeah. right haha ha, yeah. let's all make like fun of them which seems like so weak yeah, <laughs> a totally. political statement uh-huh. I, I, um, I, I but lo- I feel it feels very 2006 to me yeah. like, I'm like time, that seems yeah, the sort of 100%. thing that I, as it might if I'd watched this when I was a teen other than being scandalized at the you know sex stuff yeah. <laughs> I would have been like oh, this is funny because that's like what America's like haha <laughs> 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 I, <I'd> lo- <laughs> I love the idea of like a revolutionary movement coming from like Venice Beach porn stars and poets like right yeah, yeah. and I love <laughs> I but, love the Venice Beach think- aesthetic Oh, and I so think good. the thing with this film is that it thinks that that's entirely just ridiculous and that's part of the joke, uh-huh. whereas I'm like, now we're like, that could be, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. California I mean, is great, okay. <laughs> yeah, and like porn stars could be like part of, I mean, porn stars are already in fucking porn politics. Stars are part of the Stormy political Daniels. economy now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the idea that that just dumb is kind of a bit dated. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You have any banana, more bananas? Well, <laughs> <my> <laughs> thing, more bottles? My thing with this movie is that, like, when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, this is like, this guy's up his own ass again. Because, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, it definitely worked, like, as, as I got into the world more and I, as I got into the movie, the humor definitely rang better and the concepts that he was playing with became if not clearer just like became more sophisticated mm-hmm. filmically whereas like the voice at the beginning it's just like this is like what every like basic kind of um film bro 101 student would like if they got given like a million dollars like a hundred million dollars yeah. to like fund their dream project their screenplay that they're working on now this is what it would look like and that was just me for like the first kind of, I guess, like 25 minutes of this. And then mm-hmm. I got into the rhythm of the film and I was like, mm, actually, it's, uh, it's, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But that, that, that like strong vibe of that just like threw me off at the beginning. I was like, oh, I just, I can't, I, I recognize you and I don't like you, <laughs> but. <laughs> I see you. I, I see you. I see you, Richard Kelly, and Dick I see Kelly. myself in you. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, uh, for me, that kind of idea of like a 
like like you said, the the, the film student being given a, a truckload of money to make like the passion project is yeah. like might have made me cringe at the, in the past, but I'm kind of like in like an age of like soulless Disney remakes. Like it's kind of appealing to me at the moment, even yeah, if it's true. a fail, That's... like a personal vision that does a whole lot of weird stuff and well, does kind of some of it well is yeah. like, yeah, I guess appealing to me. Well, that's kind of like how it broke me down because like the weirder it kind of got and how like the, like the, the, the road towards where we're going got so unwieldy, but I could just kind of like sense like how much Richard Kelly put into every scene and kind of like how he's mapped this whole thing out. And I'm like, look, I have to respect that because like you can you can see like the passion coming out of the screen like that whole sequence um of of Justin Timberlake with with the the dances and the lip syncing that's something I would have written like 5 years ago uh-huh. 5 minutes ago um, <laughs> just like literally got his notebook out and was like oh it's been done I'm going to take that one off the no, list but like that's that's a, the kind of thing that like you know yeah exactly 21 year old me would have been like popped at um but yeah, now again with with the soulless cravenness of 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 Disney and all these other capitalistic kind of um film companies, it's just I don't mind it that much anymore that mm. it's kind of unwieldy and yeah, self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It'll be quite cool to I mean if uh, enough reappraisal is able to happen that if the can cut could come out I mean we're not gonna <laughs> we don't want to start the subtweet I mean the uh, the hashtag like release the can cut no you I'm know. doing it I'm doing it um, it's gonna be my but, uh, project but it, it the one thing that I kind of wasn't sure about this film is like it felt like it wanted to be weirder and 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 stranger but it didn't always fully kind of embrace that Mm -hmm. and i wonder if that's due to having to edit down the film Mm -hmm. to make it more focused around the rock and sarah michelle geller Mm -hmm. um because like characters like the justin timberlake character who um we don't really get a he's the narrator but a lot of those um narration was re-recorded when he had to cut the film down Mm -hmm. um so it feels very like yeah kind of pasting over the cracks Mm -hmm. yeah a, a large part of that character like we find out that he's also like a movie star that um, went into war at some point. Mm-hmm. Like the, I guess this is all in the graphic novel. <laughs> potentially, it's in the graphic novel. But like, uh, yeah, there, I, I feel like that there's a cut of the film that like lets it get weirder and explore more of the characters mm-hmm. um, that I honestly would be for because um, yeah, that it's the current that current version of the film like wants to be quite functional as well as have its weirdness, mm-hmm. whereas I'd rather it just get into this huge sprawling like near three hour weird Mm. i don't mind the function i feel like for me it's less that it's functional and weird and more like i feel like this was it it seems to me that the director has two different things that he's magnetized towards that he's like drawn towards one of them is going very like strange and surreal and kind of lynchian and doing this very weird stuff and there are a couple of those really interesting weird moments in it and then the other impulses towards the satire mm-hmm. and like the the political right. stuff and i feel like it's kind of more of an issue of balancing those two mm-hmm. things that doesn't quite end up being a good balance for me. me like i you know didn't love the politics as i just said so yeah. i really liked certain sequences like i really love that sequence where the rock goes into the bookshop and then the like cronies of yes. shauna standing there yeah. being very weird yeah. i was like ah, I, lo- I love this stuff to me i think that it kind of still turned out this way despite the compromise and like everything that's gone into like the backseat 
you know, like behind the scenes of this production makes it more of a kind of like strange relic. And I think it adds to the appeal for me. Like, mm-hmm. like as it is now, it's not like perfect. It's not functional with w- weird or it's not just like a mass of surreal things. It's just like this kind of weird in between. And I think that inherent strangeness of that compromise kind of like adds to like the eccentric value of this particular project to me so it has more saying it has more value as an interesting film that doesn't really work yeah it's kind of what is yeah yeah exactly it's not you know it doesn't quite there's there's something about it not quite fulfilling its like potential that's kind of making its inherent value more special like that 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 perpetually uncompleted church in spain absolutely yeah Mm. (laughs) Um, i also didn't dig this is just small stuff but there's like quite a lot of like i mean maybe it's intentional with the crass juvenile humor uh but there's like some weird like toilet humor quite a lot like (laughs) eli roth has a cameo where he's on the shitter and he just gets shot on the shitter Uh there's a talk about a baby um that doesn't shit (laughs) might be like uh, a beautiful, like, potentially Christ-like thing. Is that yeah. uh, from what I can remember? I can't remember all the details of this. And then there's two characters yes. right after Eli Roth is killed that die on like a a made-up like toilet bowl. Yeah. Um, toilet, a large toilet prop. Yeah, prop, and fall in. And then later, these people are like looking at LAX airport in surveillancing the. The toilets in LAX, um, and there's poo in there and stuff. I don't. Know, it was just maybe that's all just leaning into like yeah. the crash style. But I was like, wow, this is you keep hammering this nail, Richard, and I'm not for it. No, these are all these are all absolutely bottles for me. No, same. love it. Yeah, <laughs> all the dick jokes. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I love a poo joke, but you got to make sure that thing is 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 beautiful like a diamond, or else I'm not gonna have it. It's a polished turd, okay? Like, yeah. I guess back to talking about the different cuts like let's not forget that like booing a film at Cannes is like the French national sport like so many great films have got booed and it's a shame like people like fucking like Chris Brown or whatever just shitty celebrities go to this film festival just so they can boo art house films (laughs) so yeah yeah, it's a shame that that was the motivator for yeah, cutting this film. particularly since like clearly the like the Khan board accepted the original cut. Oh yeah, yeah they, they loved liked it. it. You know, well like. that's the thing. Richard Richard Kelly sent them a DVD and and for sure thought that he was not going to get accepted. But mm-hmm. you know, Thierry Fermat, the um the director of Cannes, was like, we love this, and you know, sometimes his picks are wild. Like mm-hmm. the worst film I've ever seen from Cannes is also kind of a mess. Like it's like the Paperboy. The, 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 the oh, lead Daniel. It's so bad. But Nicole Kidman is probably my favorite Nicole Kidman ever. <laughs> uh-huh. mm, Doesn't she amazing. like piss on Zach Efron's jelly yeah. burn sting? Yeah. That's right. Oh, yes. Okay. You yeah. gotta see this. Yeah. You gotta do an episode on the paperboy. <laughs> I mean, I'd be keen. I love is it Kusa. mixed or I bad? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the reputation has grown for it to be considered. <laughs> Double bill with that and and the counselor like oh yeah where Cameron Diaz fucks a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was quite moved at the end. We were talking. I, around say, I was quite moved by the car fucking. By the car fucking. <laughs> um, Speaking of the car fucking, <laughs> there is there is car fucking in this film. I was like, what? Um, but that's, that's okay. That's me. only in the European ad. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I was quite moved. We were talking around the uh, the national anthem, the dance afterwards as well. Like, I don't know, something about the music and them dancing together. Yeah. I felt like oh, I'd right. been on a journey on this yeah. film. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is a crazy ride. We have been through a lot uh-huh. these past 144. Yeah. And, uh, it was nice to, I mean, yeah, just have a long, elongated dance sequence that admittedly wasn't very good at the start where they were just doing their little... There were some little... bad moves in it, I will say. Like, I didn't love the choreography of the dance but sequence. Once but once the rock I think, stepped up. You know. But they I mean, yeah. purposefully, though, I mean, because they're like a porn star girl group that yeah. the movie looks down on, so yeah. you wouldn't expect their choreography that's true. to that's be true. amazing. So. But the, and that's yeah. also quite, it's also quite good that the choreography was quite simple because it yeah. enables me to learn that dance as my lockdown project. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah, I can yeah. do a TikTok. And we will expect to see that. We'll post that on uh, Mixbag's Twitter feed uh, once that's released to Twitter. <laughs> see if I can get Willoughby in on it. Willoughby can be the, the rock and I can yeah. dance around her. Love it. I mean, I love mixed it. bag will share it. That's that's the kind of Twitter <laughs> Twitter content we need right now. First thing for that Twitter content. Yeah. Um, I was not super happy with uh, Bai Ling's role in this. Oh, which, yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? Yeah. That's some bad Asian lady fetishism. Yeah. Yeah. And that one. Uh, Bai Ling which, just you know, looked... obviously I'm extremely sensitive to when it pops up and things, but like I was just like, really? This is we're gonna have one line. It's this heavily accented, mysterious smoking. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. we make out. Like that's. That's what we're going to do? Okay. I mean, yeah. she deserves everything from making out with Wallace Shawn, to be honest. Uh, at with the such end gusto. Of a, a massive one-er as well. Clearly yeah. she was like, we've got to do this once because we're yeah. doing this take Never one time. Never doing it again. She looked yeah. amazing, though. Like, if you want just, like, an iconic kind of, Im- well, not for this film, but, like, of this world, like, that is a good look from head to toe because she's got the impactful hair and mm-hmm. then the cigarette and then just, like, a melding of different genres, like sci-fi, noir, kind of, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And there is, like, image. she does a lot of good work with the oh, yeah. shitty role that she's given. Like, I love yeah, like the, the, shot the actor is trying the best, presence the yeah, writing direction amazing. that's the issue. Yeah, <laughs> Ling has been through a lot. I mean, she's also in the episode where she gives uh, Jack on Lost the, the tattoo, yes, notoriously the worst the episode only, on Lost. <laughs> only where I know of her from is the worst episode of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> There's that amazing shot in the, in the Zeppelin party um, that kind of follows her through, and she's kind of just, like, really, like, chewing the scenery even though it's just a shot following her from behind oh um, that she's scene so fun. Yeah. yeah that tracking shot of the party is like beautiful <laughs> like, yeah that's yeah. very impressive yeah yeah with a song i don't know what song it is but you mm-hmm. know so, yeah. can, can we talk about the soundtrack Quite yeah good. yeah led by by moby he, <laughs> he he did a lot of it like james turned the, the soundtrack songs. on to just have a listen to it before we were making lunch and he was just like ah, oh, this is all moby three moby songs in a row and i was like oh it's no like one of those things where it's just like like perfect like yeah. it's like who would be yeah. the first person you'd think of to score something like this Mm-hmm. Yeah. Particularly in 2006. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they've got like they've got the great um they've got uh wave of mutilation uh by the oh, Pixies in oh there, which is yes. the name of one of the chapters. Um I, <laughs> when Wave of Mutilation came out, I was just like, Ooh, taste. But yeah, come on. Um yeah, it's got that um uh beautiful blur song over the end credits. Yeah. Um yeah, it's 
really good music. Do we have any yes. other ba- uh, um, bottles of bananas? Or just comments. I think just it's just ob- like... Observations. Just the whole the kind of vibe of the thing, just like creating this like future world of 2008 is kind of like <laughs> pretty cool world building. Like the mythos of the the neo-Marxists and like the, the whole look of them and like the whole kind of like, yeah, the, the Venice Beach punk scene. And like, mm-hmm. There's posters up everywhere. They're like the small details around like fingers being like yeah. cut off to like um, vote. And I just like whenever there's just like really cool world building that just seems like, um, you know, that's been really thought out. I mm-hmm. always just, you know, uh, yeah. Just Interesting. Interesting. Well, world building thing I noticed on the second playthrough um, that although um, we don't get much of a, a sense of um, of the opposition in this movie um, the um, so uh, as a bit of context Mandy Moore's father um, Bobby Frost is running and um, he's the Republican nominee for uh, the 2008 election uh, we find out in one shot that um, he's running against uh, Clinton and Lieberman. Clinton, a Clinton-Lieberman ticket. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even for 2008, that's, that's, that's pretty centrist. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm, I mean, she ran mm, in 2008. Mm. Um, she did, yeah, yeah she yeah. did. Um, but, but, yeah, it's, again, I guess another... The, the, I mean, the film's not interested in Democrats at all, and I think the yeah. neo-Marxists yeah. exist outside that but the, yeah the neo-marxists all <laughs> mainly white people with dreadlocks who lived and were on venice beach yeah <laughs> very <laughs> 2001 love to rollerblade yes. just love rollerblading <laughs> i also love uh, in this kind of film i was kind of talking about it a little bit before with like the the connectivity that happens at the end um and you know it's a hard thing to pull off in those kind of disparate storylines suddenly coming together like um, uh, Inaritu does sometimes with like Babel or, or 21 Grams like when stuff starts to click together like um, there's a moment at the end where uh, Sean William Scott plays twins or actually you discover clones and he's in two cars like the various versions of Sean William Scott are in two cars one of them is dragging an ATM behind him <laughs> um, uh, chained up and one of them's in an ice cream truck and uh, they're on their own kind of storylines. And then just in a simple shot, the car is driving past and the ice cream truck trips up on the ATM. And you're like, oh, stuff just starts like clicking together. Um, mm-hmm. And the ice cream guy who turns out to have a whole bunch of uh, guns inside. Yeah, it's, like, a sick, it's a front ice cream truck. Yeah, front of an store. ice cream cream truck another character he like gifts a gun to somebody that can blow up the zeppelin and then he's on the top of the truck and then the sean william scotts hold their hands and it starts rising and like there's something about those disparate narratives that suddenly start clicking together and you're like oh it was all inevitable and they're gonna blow it up Mm -hmm. like that just feels good like Mm -hmm. even though it's silly and stupid i do agree that that does feel good as a concept i actually wanted more of that and i wanted Mm -hmm. more like fleshing out of because there were so many characters and there's so many little stories and again maybe this is if it had been a nine-part interactive film series then that's the good thing about it Mm -hmm. you'd get to see all of these different narratives um, and you'd get more of a sense of them all interlocking together because I felt like you've got a lot of plot but you also have a lot of characters that kind of just like you see for a bit but then you know 
you just sort of come back to them a bit later and you're like, oh, yeah, what were they up to? And you sort of forgot about them. Yeah, and like then the some Timberlake kind of, at the end, right? Yeah, like Timberlake kind of just drifts off. I don't know what happened to him. He's like, just you know. drinking with his buddies, just being like, oh, let me quote some revelations to you. <laughs> yeah, um, there's sort of yeah, various, the Nanime Frost character, like we basically just see her in this one room every so often for most of the film. We don't really get more of like her plot. And mm-hmm. then lots of different characters where I was like, oh, I'd like to see <laughs> a more fleshed out version of their character arc. But obviously that would be for a television series rather than a film. So I it's love, not really a, a love the name. Named anime frost so yeah. it's great it's a good it's, it's such a like what a what a southern name <laughs> um, another thing i appreciated in terms of both world building and juvenile humor is the motif of the number 69 um, right. yeah. so the big the big issue in the election is voting on proposition 69 which is um, a proposition to limit um the powers of u.s ident which is kind of like yeah. The NSA, right? Like it's a yeah. surveillance agency, yeah. And yeah. they've put out a, uh, the Frost campaign has put out a bunch of like propaganda ads with like little girls who've, whose family have been killed by terrorists <laughs> like, or whatever. So, but like no the propaganda ads are all extremely good yeah. because they're just like, "I'm a child and my parents are dead." But <laughs> no one proposition that. <laughs> it's like. so good. And um, I mean, I don't even know if we've mentioned that the the reason that there's um, two of. Uh, Sean William Scott and the Rocks characters is because they went through a wormhole together. Yeah. And the wormhole mm-hmm. was created by the Earth slowing down, which happened because of liquid karma. Um, but when you go through the wormhole, you go back 69 minutes into the past. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, didn't even pick up on that other the 69. second one. I mean, <laughs> it was Beautiful. so prominent. Like, 69 <laughs> was so, so prominent in this film. <laughs> it was just great. Just like... Like that little thing of just like don't take it too seriously. It's yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. And I, and you get yeah. the rock delivering that with point zero 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 six nine. Yeah, and it's just a way like if you need some rock in your life where he's not just being a hanging out in jungle and I'm telling um, you rock is like gonna get like a really good role like a semi decent role like he'll be in, he'll be like in the blind side like bl- you know. <laughs> But, like, not the white version. (laughs) What am I going to (laughs) say? And he'll, like, cruise because everyone will be rooting for him. He'll be great. We'll see. We'll see. Or the next Republican presidential nominee running to the right of Donald Trump. Who knows? Oh, Oh, man. I mean. So is there any other comments or should we move to... Bad. Or boots. I'll go first. Um, Look, this film was all right. It's, like... A bit unwieldy, uh, like definitely convoluted at parts, like juvenile, um, but like, you know, confusing. But none of those things are inherently bad about it, I think. I think this is a filmmaker who's just like, you know, put everything he's got into this movie. And I admire that. Um, and also look, it's just like, it reminds me of those films where it's just like, you kind of just want to live in this, like not necessarily live in this particular universe, but you know, like that this universe feels alive and it doesn't feel, um, constructed like, um, Mm -hmm. under, under the silver lake or, or, Mm -hmm. um, the inherent vice where it's just like you might not get everything you might not get all the answers but like you kind of get it through osmosis through a vibe or through a Mm -hmm. feel instead of you know unpicking the logic so Mm -hmm. to me like this was like an interesting like you know money shot 
and um, it might not have hit the target, but you know, those few flicks that you got <laughs> were really good and interesting. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a bag for me. Yeah, I'm on a, a similar wavelength. I um, there were bits where uh, the film, I, I, it did, it does get boring occasionally at times. I did drop off here and there, um, and there are characters that like, like I didn't really vibe with like the Amy Poehler kind of characters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I feel like that stuff feels a little bit underwritten. But amongst the um, the weird. Uh, 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 logic of of this piece. There are like moments of of real gold, and with like a an ensemble cast that is really performing really really well, um, and it's just a pleasure to suddenly see like you know the woman from Poltergeist show up. Mm-hmm. You know you've you've all of a sudden you've got these pop cultural references. Like Kelly is like a, a film student that wants to show off, and he's good at showing off, um, and that you get yeah uh, moments of surprising like sweetness at that the dance at the end so ultimately i came down um as a bag because it is like a curiosity that uh, you should see at least once i still can't believe he assembled like such a disparate like group of people mm-hmm. like it's what so, a motley crew it's you would just never expect like if someone pitched you like this ensemble for a movie be like what kind of movie is it and, <laughs> you know this but is that, it <laughs> but that's like yeah. that's like 2020 right you're like Who's who's a character in, in politics now? Oh, Stormy Daniels. Oh, Kanye <laughs> West. Oh, like just mm. the weirdest celebrities who you've never even thought of become yeah. like yeah. political figures. Hmm. Um, I can go next. Um, so I guess, yeah, there were parts of this film that I jived with, like in parts of this film that I didn't. And I think it ultimately comes down to that that double goal thing of, of both trying to be like an interesting surreal like uh, speculative fiction kind of near future piece um and like a multiple different narrative story that follows a whole lot of different characters in this weird world construction versus being a political satire and i feel like richard kelly is much better at that first thing mm-hmm. and not so good at the political satire and, and even though there are lots of good jokes a lot of which are attached to that political satire but most of them are kind of more one-liners that mm-hmm. I think could come up like out of just being more of a world-building thing. I, I feel like for me, the best version of this like kind of almost shies away from the like political satire side of it. Like I think you could still build this world without being without trying so heavily to do a like political message with it, because it will still be political because like all work is inherently political. Mm-hmm. But I think it's not quite informed enough to be an effective political satire for me. And, it, and so that I'm sort of just seeing all the holes in it mm-hmm. um, from that perspective and wishing that instead of focusing on that stuff, there had been more of a focus on that weirdness and that strange like world building and these weird characters and all of that stuff. So I think for me, I'm going to be a dissenting opinion and be a biff. Um, even though I'm quite glad that there have already been two bags because that means that it's not going to be a biff as a film. Um, it's nice to be the dissenting opinion, but know that I, I feel like this is a film that still deserves to be seen. Um, but yeah, my, my perspective coming out of it was like, ah, oh, I wish that he had just sort of stuck to creating that world and using like some political information as like background noise, but not tried to be a satire because I don't think he's that good at it as a director um, and writer. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. All right. Um, Johnny. So I 
really, really enjoyed this film. I thought it was it's a it's a dumb film. It's a very dumb it's film. So and dumb. <laughs> all, it's so dumb. All of Cassandra's like criticisms of its politics are like completely legit and on point. Like it's a movie that has like not a, yeah, not a very smart point of view and no concept of no concept of like the left or the opposition outside of very broad broad terms. Um, but it's like it does lean into that dumbness and it's a film about like I think it's a better film about a dumb future than like Idiocracy, for example, which I think mm. is a vile mm. film. Mm. It's a really nasty, mean film. Um, and I think it's really, really, really funny. Um, I love all the the surreal stuff. Um, and um, yeah, it's definitely a, a bag for me. And if um, uh, we could just spend the next um, hour to two hours just going through... Uh, the last um, films that that mixed bag has done. I was about to bring it up. I was like, which ones do you disagree with? Let's hear them. No, let's hear them. Let's do a quick round. No, I I don't don't actually. I just want to say, (laughs) how dare this not get a perfect score when you all liked Interstellar? Please, Johnny. Oh my God. If there's any, like, if there's one out of the whole pack that you want to specifically call us out on, is it Interstellar? It's Interstellar. Yeah. Okay. How can someone as yeah non-emotional, non-sexual as Christopher Nolan make a film that revolves around like the power of love? Like I, he finally let his hair down, John. Oh. Give him a break. He's trying. The performance, the love of family works. I think the love of romance does not work oh, in the film, not. but the love of family works, and that's the main emotional heart of the film. I only like <laughs> one thing about Interstellar, and you didn't even mention it. Uh, Hans Zimmer's score, the beautiful organ music. Um, <sighs> Oh, yeah, it's pretty true. good. No, or is it fine. too much? <laughs> like all Hans Zimmer scores. <laughs> I'm not Do you even... know that Hans Zimmer doesn't write his own scores? Does he not? He has like a huge team of other composers that basically do it and they're all his juniors yeah. and he just like Maybe he writes doesn't... like a basic melody and then he sends it off to them and they do all of the work. So he's like R.L. Stein. Yeah. yeah, it's basically like R.L. Stein except, or like the people that write like Sweet Valley High except uh-huh. it's Hans Zimmer. It's and like so his studio. He's not written, writing it by hands. It's, it's funny. <laughs> We need to find out who the ghostwriter is for that interstellar score, and I'd like to <laughs> buy them a drink. Um, Honestly, yeah. I'm sure Hans Zimmer's going like, to sue this podcast uh, now, so uh-huh. <laughs> mm. spouting Along this. With Lee Page. This is what I heard about. No, no. <laughs> this, is, this is just how I watch movies. It's hearsay, it's yeah. hearsay, but it's my hearsay that yeah. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just very much a, a vibes, emotional person, and uh, Christopher Nolan's movies are not very oh. successful on the emotional front, so that's why I, yeah. Cool. It's true. Um, um, cool. I, lo- I love the podcast though. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a hater. I'm sorry. I'll write a review. Uh, soon. Johnny's actually being cut from this podcast so- now because he yeah, has like- not declared fealty to the mixed bag. I'm nation. sorry. I mean, like my, uh, <laughs> as if my audio is going to work anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah. You, you'll be just in an echo chamber. It'll be, it'll be great. Uh, if you love this podcast like Johnny does, we're going to quote him on that. Um, know that we've got a really um, exciting uh, mini season coming up. We're going to be looking at the year of 1993 where two of our hosts uh, were born in, and I was born in December 1992, so... We're... We just captured him and brought him over to the 1993 side because it was easier to do a theme about f- films from 1993. So, so for... that's going to be our next three. Cool. Yeah, Each of so... us are going to pick a mixed bag film from 1993. 
Um, yes. And look forward to more many seasons like this in the future. Yeah. yeah. So the next, the very first one coming up is Grumpy Old Men, and that is my pick. It's a childhood classic. I've never seen it. And it'll be interesting to see if it still hands up, holds up as a classic. And I, I look forward to coming back for your episode on Ma. <laughs> yes, <laughs> honestly, open invitation. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Johnny. Actually, it has, it, it, all jokes aside, it has been really lovely oh, been to have you on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so yeah. much for letting me share this weird ass movie. <laughs> you go. Yeah. Yeah. Very appreciative. I'm, I'm very glad that. that I've seen it. You know. <laughs> Where can we find you if you want to be found? <laughs> yeah. Um, just join Film Society. I reckon. I mean, go. we're not um, running at the moment because, you know the world life <laughs> the world um, but um yeah i mean whenever you buy a membership it'll last for a year from whenever it starts up again um and the lineup for this year is like truly amazing so please yeah come and support cinema um and come join film society and do they just google that uh, on wellington <laughs> film society on the website yeah just google the wellington website. film society it's um nice up there. do it yeah Cool. All right. Yeah. You can find me at Lula Morashi, L-U-L-A-M-O-R-A-S-H-I, on Instagram and Twitter. You can catch me at JamesKane92 on Twitter and James Edward Kane on Instagram. You can find me in space. So, cyberspace. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> I'm on um, Twitter as well, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, what's very interesting. I think at JFA Crawford for both Twitter and Instagram, and it's mainly chinchilla content. Yeah, nice. love it. If you like chinchillas, that's where to go. No, uh, I would share my Twitter, but in my Twitter, no one can hear me scream. Okay, <laughs> like let's stop it. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, you can catch Mix Bag on Twitter as well, where we have reshared that chinchilla content <laughs> um, as well as much, much more at uh, Mix Bag Pod. Uh, call it pod on Twitter because it's hip. And then on Facebook and Instagram, it's Mixbag Podcast. You can also rate us on Apple Podcast and leave us a review because we really want to chat with our fans. This is a bit, this is a communal podcast. So just like just chuck us a bell, if that's a phrase. <laughs> just chuck it, throw a bell at us. Throw a bell. As they say. Um, and uh, you can also uh, hit us up on Mixbag Contact contact at gmail.com if navigating the Apple podcast is too tricky for you. I tried before and it sucked. So um, just... Apple, get your user interface shit together. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, that is it from us. Look forward to Grumpy Old Men next week. Bye, guys. See you later. Do you want to hit us with one final quote, Johnny, from the film? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've lost people. Um, I lost two of my four ex-husbands who were on a fishing trip together talking about what a bitch I am. <laughs> there you have it. You're like those flicks. Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.